welcome to the Nerd Party. It's not working. How long since you've cleaned the heads? The what? The heads. Do you have any alcohol? To drink? What? No, no, to clean it. Check the tracking. The rental place closes in two hours. Shut up, shut up. It's working. Time for a retro perspective. Hello and welcome to Retro Perspective, the nerd party show in which we look at all the movies released 25 years ago this week. I'm Mike. I'm John. And today we're going to take a look at the movies released on March 4th, 1994. Yeah, March 4th. Well, there were seven movies released on March 4th. Uh, So we'll start at the bottom and talk about Safe Journey. Uh, which did not chart on Box Office Mojo, but this was a documentary about music played by gypsies, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's got an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I haven't seen it. Neither have I. Apparently it's good. All right. Well, the other movie which came out, which did not chart on Rotten Tomatoes is, I'm sorry, on Box Office Mojo is... Where the River Flows North. Yes. Which has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it sure does, doesn't it? And it stars Rip Torn. Oddly enough, yes. And yeah, did you see this? I did. I tracked down a, uh, a, a DVD copy because apparently this is way out of print. And we, you know, we discussed it and you, you have your trailers that you put together. And I looked up old newspaper ads that, you know... Where the River Flows North, this is an Oscar-winning film. This is an amazing film. You have to see this film. Rip Torn gives a, a performance worthy of an Oscar. Tantu Cardinal is amazing. And uh, the the DVD, pan and scan only, oddly enough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was good. And so it would make sense for it to have 100% on Rotten Tomatoes because I wouldn't say a bad thing about this movie. But it wasn't the, I was hoping to discover a long lost gem, like one of those overlooked films in history that, you know, you, you discover a great crime in it being uh, forsaken. The nicest thing I can say about it, uh, and this is actually a very nice thing from my, from my perspective, this is the type of movie where I could see myself walking through the family room and seeing my dad watching it and saying, what the hell is this? Oh, it's where the rivers flow north. You should catch it. And sitting down with them and finishing the movie and saying, yeah, that was pretty good. And then walking out. So there you go. Okay. So so what, isn't he like a like a logger or something like that? Yeah. He's, uh, he's an old school logger in 1920s Vermont who does not want to give up his land uh, for the sake of the new hydroelectric dam that they're building. And they keep trying to buy him out. And they keep offering more money. Uh, He lives on the land with a woman played by Tantu Cardinal who was actually in another movie I I watched for for this, um, Silent Tongue, Mm. uh, which is another movie that apparently only has pan and scan (laughs) available. Mm. Uh, But um, she was in um, Dances with Wolves. So this was apparently her career trajectory. And before the movie starts, there's actually, she won an award, uh, like the American Indian Spirit Award for her performance. And she's great. 
Um, but yeah, they live on the land and basically progress is trying to kick them off and it's his, he's digging in his heels and trying to get the most out of it that he can. It's not a happy thing. It's, you know, it's your typical sort of story of a guy that time has left behind and he doesn't realize that, you know, it's time to pack it in sort of thing. Michael J. Fox has a small role in it. Um, with uh, one of the worst on-screen Boston accents I've ever encountered, like yeah. uh, makes Kevin Costner's in Thirteen Days pretty look pretty good by comparison. So, okay, all yeah. right, all right. Well, uh, the next movie on the list uh, came in at number twenty-one at the box office. It was a limited release, to be fair. You know, it got a expanded release further down the road. But number 21 at the box office with $0.1 million was Sirens, which mm. has a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, stars Hugh Grant. And, uh, yeah. Sam Neill's in it, too, actually. Oop. Sam Neill is in it. Oh, yeah. Sam Neill, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, Ellen yeah. McPherson and uh, Portia de Rossi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the movie was basically... Uh, they marketed the fact that you were going to see uh, supermodels in the all together. Yeah, uh, I remember it, seeing like the posters and stuff at the video store and thinking like, I should check out that movie. Yeah. But I never yeah. did. Nor did I. Did you watch it for this? I did not. Okay. Because I, I watched the trailer and I just said, this just doesn't really seem up my alley. It just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, they were like I saw the trailer for this, and I'm like, oh, that looks like it could be good. And then I saw another trailer, and I'm like, oh, that looks like it could be good. And then I saw another trailer, and I was like, oh, that looks like it could be good. That's the movie I want to watch. So I didn't watch Sirens. There you go. Yeah. But the next movie is the movie that I did watch, and that is China Moon which was number 17 at the box office with $1.5 million and a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Have you seen this? I haven't, and I'm dying to know because I remember the ad campaign for it back then. What, what did you think? What, what's the result here? Yeah, well, it stars Ed Harris and Madeline Stowe, very young 26-year-old Benicio Del Toro. Oh, and wow. uh, it was directed by John Bailey, who people might recognize from the Academy Awards telecast. He's the president who got out there and gave his little speech about uh, the Academy that everyone mm. you know doesn't listen to. <laughs> and uh, he's a cinematographer by trade. He's photographed a ton of movies, um, probably most notably to us for love of the game. Yes. Uh, but he has once or twice tried to direct, and this is one of those instances. And it stars, yeah, Ed Harris and Madeline Stowe. Ed Harris, I mean, he's one of the best actors ever, so yes. it's always fun seeing him in a movie. And uh, it's very sort of noirish. The idea is that Madeline Stowe is married to like a super rich guy, like a billionaire guy who is cheating on her and who is abusing her. And she basically falls in love with Ed Harris, who's a detective. And mm -hmm. then he gets involved in sort of like 
the case, the sort of like domestic disturbance case, but the two of them fall in love. And he's like, come on, you should leave him. And she's like, I can't. And then basically she ends up killing him in self-defense, but she does it with an illegal weapon. So now, in an effort to save her from going to jail, Ed Harris helps her cover up the crime. Ooh. And it goes from there. Like, they do this whole thing at the beginning, you know, which is actually really well sort of plotted, where, like, at the beginning you see Ed Harris going through a crime scene, and he's like, look, this person moved this over there and moved this over there and whatever... Whoever tried to cover their tracks did a terrible job. It was clearly this person. These these guys are really bad. Everybody makes mistakes. They don't know what they're doing. So then when it comes to it, you're like, oh, he knows what he's doing, you know? Yeah. And you see him like, you know, he's like the wolf from Pulp Fiction or something like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, so it it just kind of goes from there and there's a few twists and turns. It's very, very noir. Um, on the whole, pretty good the performances were really good didn't blow me away um the ending had a few twists which were a little weird uh but on the whole i would say it's good it's definitely better than what the critics are saying so yeah okay check it out all right oh cool all right all right so the next movie number seven at the box office with 3.8 million dollars and a 44 percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes is Angie, starring nope. Gina Davis. Yeah. Sounds like she's uh, someone who's pregnant, about to become a mother, yeah. something like that. Yeah. haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Nope. Okay. Number five at the box office, hmm. with $4.4 million and a 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, The Chase. Mm-hmm, The Chase. Starring Charlie Sheen and... Yeah, Christy Swanson. And Henry Rollins. Directed, yes. Directed by Adam Rifkin. Mm-hmm. And this is the movie I wanted to watch, and mm. the streaming services let me down. Some of their algorithms got confused and thought it was a different chase, and I didn't get to see it. Um, I don't know if they let you down. I saw this movie uh, on tape uh, ages ago, and I can say that unequivocally it's a mess. It it was the type of experience that uh, put it immediately in contention for what was known lovingly in my family for many years as the Superman 4 Awards, where Mm. we would, uh, my cousin, my brother, and I would sit down and uh, nominate uh, movies for the Superman 4 Award for most bafflingly awful uh, movie that that we saw that year. Henry Rollins as a cop, uh, it, the, the whole segment is supposed to be some sort of riff on the show Cops, which was big at the time. Okay. It doesn't work. Hmm. And I think Flea is his partner. I can't remember. Uh, but uh, Ray Wise is in it, so that was a good way to, to get me in to the theater as well. Old Leland Palmer there. Uh, I, I'll watch that anytime. But, uh, yeah, it's not a good movie. It is really not a good movie. 37% on Rotten Tomatoes, you said? Yeah. Eh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I discussed this with my friend Joey, who keeps coming up. 
uh, where I said, oh, yeah, there's no way I was going to rewatch The Chase. And he said, oh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. So there, there is variance of opinion out there. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't care for it. I'm not going back. The trailer looked cool and everything. So, you know, and I like the idea of like the entire movie basically being a, a car chase. I thought that was an interesting concept, but uh, I wasn't completely sold on it either. I remember seeing like the ads on the back of comic books and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I thought, hey, well, that's cool. You don't, you don't see Christy Swanson in too many things. So, you know, that's always fun. And, you know, even though Charlie Sheen is, you know, maybe not the best selling point for a movie. But, um, yeah, I I thought it might have the chance of being sort of cool and weird. I'm always up for a good action movie, and uh, I just thought that this would be a good one to watch, and I couldn't, you know? Maybe, Maybe I'll go back and revisit it. But it's not like one where I'm like, I have to see that. I have to. I would be extremely uh, curious uh, for your reaction, and I can also say uh, without a doubt that uh, there is a cameo in it that is, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's one of those ones where if you understand who it is that you see, then you don't say that you recognize who it is that you see. Okay. All right. So that leaves us with one more movie for the week. Yes. This one was number one at the... I'm sorry, it was number two at the box office with $6.1 million and a 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. Greedy. I think that 28% is completely unfair. Okay. I really do. I, I did watch it. And this is, you know, it's it's a three out of five uh, sort of movie. It's a comedy, so some stuff's going to miss, some stuff's going to land. But it's got Phil Hartman in a supporting role. That immediately gives it, like, that'll get me to watch it 100% of the time. Michael J. Fox. Um, it's got uh, uh, Kirk Douglas. I, you know, it's got funny jokes. It's got funny premises. And it's got, you know, quirky twists and turns. Ace Ventura held on to the top spot. I could see easily a world where this would have taken number one if Ace Ventura wasn't such a... Surprise hit. Yeah. yeah. Olivia Dabo's in it too, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And there's there's even a throwaway joke because it's Miriam Dabo that's in License to... Uh, I'm sorry, not like in, in The Living Daylights. And uh, Olivia is the girlfriend of the aged Kirk Douglas in this. And... Michael J. Fox has a throwaway line where he goes, have you seen her in there? She's she's a Bond girl. And it's like, oh, ha, 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 because she looks like her sister. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good. I guess yeah. this was this was like a year after she was on Star Trek The Next Generation in True Q, I believe, where she plays like the half-human, half-Q woman. Mm. I don't yeah. even remember that episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good episode. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, no, you know, it's 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 a funny movie. It's you know, I I would I would gently recommend checking it out. I think it's got some uh some fun stuff and uh you know, it's it's worth watching. Okay. So it sounds like we're kind of getting into the territory where movies are yeah, maybe getting a little bit better like 
still no like full blown masterpieces, but you know, hey, it's not they're not all the worst movies ever. I mean yeah. I thought that China Moon was okay. You thought that Greedy was okay. The Chase, maybe not so much. Oh, and and Where the River Flows North, also okay. Yeah. So. Where the Rivers Flow North was actually good enough that I would, uh, I know it's based on a book. Uh, I'm going to pick up the book and read it. Just, okay. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting enough premise. I'll stick with it. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So Blue Chip's still your number one for the year? Yeah, Blue Chip still retains the top spot, most likely. Okay. Yeah, and for me, I, I would say Reality Bites still does as well. Fair enough. So next week we have, well, five movies. And next week, I think maybe is when we completely turn a corner and get into some interesting Why? What territory. A, whatever for. What's coming out next week, Mike? Well, we have... The Hudsucker Proxy. Oh. Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The Ref. <laughs> yeah. Lightning Jack. Okay. <laughs> and Guarding Tess. I've always wanted to see that. Mm, now's your chance. Now's mm. your chance. I have an excuse now. Yeah. there's two, Next week will be at least two for me, no doubt. So, All right, cool, man. Yeah, I'm looking awesome. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, in the meantime, uh, where where can people find you on the internet? Oh well, gosh, you can find me as Kessel Junkie over on Twitter, Goodreads, and Letterboxd, and you can find me right here on the network, co-hosting Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast, with my good friend Matt Rushing. And um, Mike, where can people find you online? Well, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K, and you can also find me on Trek.fm doing a show called Tracks from the Edge and on FilmDamagePod.com doing a show called Film Damage. Cool. So that's it for this week. Kind of a short episode, but whatever, you know. I mean, good movies, but maybe not necessarily a whole lot to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But next week, that will probably change, I think. I, I have a good feeling that, uh, yeah, next week's going to be a, a humdinger. Yeah. 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 So until then, be kind, rewind. Rewind.